Welcome, everybody, to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the movie review shows from friends that you can trust. Every week we broadcast a review of a new film, talk about some film news, and recommend what to watch. We've been talking, critiquing, and gushing, gushing, gushers all over movies. We've been munching all over movies. <laughs> Since we were in high school, we aim to bring you an honest conversation on relevant cinema. Um, I'm Nick Moffat. I'm here with Sean Bowlby. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? It has been a while since I've heard you do that intro. Glad oh, yeah. to have you back. Yeah, yeah. I took a little <clears throat> break there, and mm -hmm. you know, uh, my life's pretty crazy right now, so it's yeah, hard for me to definitely. be on the show all the time. But um, I couldn't resist being on Ghostbusters. Uh -huh. You know, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, um, definitely. You, you know, um, the whole thing about Ghostbusters is. You know, I used to joke around saying that my life could never be truly fulfilled because I couldn't actually be a Ghostbuster. Mm -hmm. You know, with the with the jumpsuits and the proton packs and the car you know, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a dream that you know, in another world, they uh, they were able to uh, set up stations around the whole United States and maybe not have the exact cool car, you know, but they'd have the same look mm -hmm. and. You know, I'd be able to be like one of those ghost busting janitors that uh, that they kind of are, uh, uh, you know, they, they just get so dirty and you know, they're just just the, the working class people trying to bust those ghosts. Uh huh. Definitely. Um, anyway. So, yeah, I, I love Ghostbusters. Um, I don't know if you I don't know how much we've talked about this, but Ghostbusters, you know, is my quick point to as my all time favorite movie. Mm -hmm. So, um, yep. You know. To me, it's the ultimate comfort movie for me, and uh, it's just, it, you know, uh, I'm excited to talk about this new one with you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also a big fan, um, and we'll kind of get into the rest of them, from what I understand. Yeah. As so well. as our opening, as our opening topic, I think we're just going to go over uh, kind of the Ghostbusters as a franchise. Um, and I don't mean to catch you off guard with this question, but I do have an opening question that mm -hmm. I didn't put in the show notes. Um, do you have a favorite Ghostbuster from the original series or otherwise? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I guess Bill Murray. Um, that's kind of an easy answer, I feel like. I feel like that would be a lot of people's favorite Uh but yeah, Dan Aykroyd is also, I love Dan Aykroyd's like kind of kooky, crazy, um, you know, take on the, <laughs> on the Ghostbusters team, you know? Um, so he's a ton of fun, but I, I would probably have to go with Bill Murray. Uh, Peter Venkman. I, yeah. Peter, Peter Venkman, Venkman. To be clear. I, yeah, I'm not a big enough fan to know all their names off the top of my head, but. Oh, blasphemy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm at a place in my life where Peter Venkman might actually be my least favorite Ghostbuster. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, he's great. I love Peter. I love Peter. I actually have his, uh, I have his pop, uh, toy right here, you know, with the, mm -hmm. with the marshmallow all over him. Yep. Um, but yeah, my favorite's definitely Ray stands, Ray mm -hmm. stands. Just, uh, he's just so passionate about being a ghostbuster. He mm -hmm. just, he loves doing it so much. He's like a little kid, just so enthusiastic about busting mm -hmm. those ghosts. And, uh, you know, uh, big fan of Egon, you know, Egon might yep. be my number two just because right. he's, he's just Harold Ramis. He's just so smart about it. He's, he's got this really dry sense of humor. Um, he also is really passionate about ghosts too, but he doesn't really exhibit emotions the same way most humans do. Uh -huh. And, uh, I'm also, you know, huge fan of Winston. The thing yeah. about Winston is that, you know, he doesn't have many lines in the movies, but every single line he has is gold. Mm -hmm. Every single line, you know, if it's got a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say uh -huh. you know? <laughs> like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. No offense. But <laughs> I'm gonna get my own. The no, the no nonsense uh, character for everyone to, to really bounce, bounce their personalities off of, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's the, I think he's like the blue collar, mm -hmm. true blue collar worker. The other yeah. guys, you know, they're scientists, they have PhDs, you yeah. know, they're uh, scholars in their own, you know, ways, mm -hmm. but uh, he's just, you know, trying to trying to get a job trying to make some money trying to support his family mm -hmm. um so you know real quick i kind of want to talk about the the series a little bit you know because it's, it's a weird franchise mm -hmm. um the original ghostbusters came out in 1984 um you know it had 
it had a budget of about 30 million but then it became a huge box office success and ultimately like a classic you know i think in uh the science fiction comedy genre it's an all-timer mm -hmm. you know and I, I wrote down some of the stats on these movies but really uh, i think it most compares to men in black where uh, the first one was such a lightning in the bottle. You know, you had this perfect cast, this perfect screenplay, um, hardly any uh, mix, like misses, you know, hardly yeah. any mistakes in the movie. And yeah. just, it, I think both of those movies are kind of perfect. And they, none of the sequels came close to living up to um, the, the original. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of quality and box office, I don't have the Men in Black numbers in front of me, but you know, it's like that's another franchise that keep that kept trying to start over and, um, you know, didn't really really get the crown. And I, I think the sequels for Ghostbusters are kind of the same way. You know, Ghostbusters two, uh, with the original cast, came out in 1989, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it wasn't very well received. You know, I think there were some problems with that movie right from the beginning, just the fact that it was five years later. Now, personally, I have a problem with the movie when the op the very first thing you see is five years later. And uh -huh. it's like, yeah, these guys have been unemployed for five years. They haven't really done much at all. Uh -huh. And it just kind of you know, set the stage of like, okay, we have to get back into it and fight off a new baddie. When, I don't know, just the, the tone was off right from the start. Yeah. And uh, the movie wasn't received as well. I've 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 got some uh, some love for it, but... Overall, I think that a lot of people aren't that into it. Mm -hmm. um, what about you? You fan? Yeah, of the I'm, I, to I totally agree. I'm I'm not really a fan of the second one. Um, I think, yeah, it was trying to recapture the magic, and it just kind of it failed. Um, not a very interesting story. It it kind of missed on a lot of the the funness and the comedy. Um, and yeah, just uh, oh man, just not I, I do good. think. It I didn't think it had a lot of fun parts in it. You know, I really like, I really like a lot of the slime, mm -hmm. the river of slime, uh, yeah. Vigo, the Carpathian, I actually thought was a pretty like, uh, scary dude. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, Yanish, uh, his, the guy that he kind of possesses and takes over, I thought was such a hilarious character. He's like this, he's got this like thick, uh, Eastern European accent. Mm -hmm. There's a scene where they're like, where are you from? And he's like, the upper west side <laughs> you know he's yeah. just uh but yeah overall not uh not nearly as uh successful as the first one mm -hmm. um i did want to bring up a, a funny bit though that's in the second one so uh -huh. the 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 first um the first uh the directors the first director of the first movies is ivan reitman mm -hmm. um he came back and produced the newest movie um ghostbusters uh afterlife and his son jason reitman directed ghostbusters afterlife mm -hmm. so uh there's a scene though in the beginning of ghostbusters 2 where they're performing at birthday parties it's ray and winston performing at a birthday party and this this kid you know this teenager comes up to him and goes you know my dad says you guys are full of crap and they're <laughs> like well not everyone believes in the paranormal like no no he just says you guys are full of crap and um that kid was Jason Reitman. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, as nice. a teenager. Uh -huh. And you know, his dad is the director of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Full <Yep>. of crap. <laughs> LOL. Ha ha ha. Uh -huh. But um, anyway. So then uh, Ghostbusters Answer the Call comes out in 2016. It actually mm -hmm. wasn't originally called Ghostbusters Answer the Call. I think it was just called Ghostbusters. But they kind of added the Answer the Call later on. That was the movie that was directed by Paul Feig. Mm -hmm. um, starring Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones, um, Kate McKinnon, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, Chick Busters, Women Busters, whatever, uh, four women as Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. And um, this one was uh, pretty controversial. You know, the trailer yeah. came out. It became one of the least liked things on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And uh, people were very, very um, upset about it. And... Um, to this day, I'm still not sure why people were so upset about it. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, sure, maybe it was a bad trailer. I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, like, it seems like there's a lot of CGI. Yeah. And uh, I don't love the way the CGI looks, but sure, whatever. You know, but I remember there was a lot of, like, 
they're gonna ruin our childhood like yeah. kind of conversations between fanboys and i mean honestly like for me as a huge ghostbusters fan uh i'm more inclined to feel like uh you know fanboys being toxic uh to people that just want to enjoy themselves will ruin my childhood more than mm-hmm. a movie that uh was good or bad or whatever yeah you know definitely because ultimately, that's how I felt about Ghostbusters 2016. I don't know about you, but like, yeah. I thought it was fine. You know, I didn't think it was a terrible movie. I actually thought it was pretty funny. Like mm-hmm. the cast, uh, especially Leslie Jones, was like very, very funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, again, it was like it's like I called it with the uh, the trailer. Like I just, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of the CGI in it. Like I just yeah. didn't really like the look of the movie. It looked very cartoony. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it looked like a like a roller coaster, like the climax was like them on in New York. And it felt like it was one of those rides where you yeah. might have the gun and you're like trying to shoot the ghosts. Uh-huh. It just, I don't know. I just, and you're it, in the it cart and it's like bouncing around and <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's what the climax of the movie felt like. And uh-huh. I just was not into that whole look or style of the movie. And yeah. I mean, I think it was reflected in the, you know, the, the budget of that movie was, a hundred and forty-four million dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a for crazy kind of a light budget. little SNL kind of paranormal movie. That's pretty. Yeah, cra- I mean, for, that is crazy. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing is that like, you know, Ghostbusters. I don't think ever was ever really supposed to be this like Marvel esque, mm-hmm. you know, save the world kind of uh, showdown. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, there is a there is a big bad at the end of the first one. Um, and they do save the world, but mm-hmm. it's not like a CGI, you know, bolt from the sky where they're, you know, uh, yeah. teaming up to uh, have an action scene. You know, that if you go back and watch that original scene from the first one, it's still littered with jokes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty much just four guys standing there crossing the streams. You know, uh-huh. it's that's the, all the action in that scene. So, yeah. you know, I think they I think that whole I think that. Uh, style was kind of misguided and I think that's partly why I failed but then mm-hmm. you know also the controversy um... yeah I mean I, I we've you've been talking about it for a while I actually haven't seen the movie um, and really for no reason other than it I, I just kind of missed it and generally it was getting like even looking past all the um, you know controversy online it was get even the people who seemed pretty level-headed about it we're giving it pretty mediocre had a mediocre response to it and so i just i really just kind of missed it um i do kind of vaguely want to go back and and try and see it but um yeah i so i i missed that movie i really and i just watching the trailer i do agree it just like it didn't look super great um but i liked you know i like all those actresses and um i I thought the movie looked like it would be pretty funny from the trailer. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I thought the humor was the strongest part of that movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I actually, I've been mean to rewatch it. It's been, I think I've only seen it a couple times, mm-hmm. so I, I would like to rewatch it, but I, I ultimately think another big problem with the movie was that they rebooted it. Like mm-hmm. It was kind of a, it was a weird thing where it didn't take place in the same world as the other two but yeah it could have you know there was uh-huh. room for it to be in the same universe and i yeah. think that was another thing that could have it could have been more it probably would have been more received even with that cast if mm-hmm. um if they were just kind of picking back off of uh what was already there and the mythology of it like yeah. like like the new one did yeah definitely um so that being said i you know i think we can move on to the the newest one mm-hmm. um i, I all that being said, too, it's like, you know, this franchise is kind of like there's been three movies. This is the fourth one. Uh-huh. It To me, it's like it almost is like barely a franchise in some ways. Yeah, you know, it's true. It's uh, it's a concept um, that I feel like could have had a bunch of movies. You know, there could have been a bunch of tales about these guys going ghost to ghost, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah, fighting. TV series and a bunch of movies and spinoffs and. Yeah. Well, there has been a few animated series. Yeah, that's that true. I've and liked. I, uh, you know, I actually think that was my first introduction to Ghostbusters was the TV series, the animated series. The real Ghostbusters. Is that what it's called? I don't. Yeah, I don't even yeah. remember. But yeah, yeah. Um, 
I remember watching that Saturday morning cartoons and and thinking they were super cool totally. and later came back and saw the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of funny looking at it being like, huh, you know, the French, the, as the movie franchise was kind of just mm-hmm. like dead until 2016. Yeah. And definitely. then it came back with this huge controversy and this uh-huh. mixed movie. And then this movie ghostbusters, uh, new one, um, what's it called? Afterlife. Afterlife. Um, yeah. It's kind of like giving it back to the fans, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird because the fans were so toxic during 2016. Yeah. But it really was, um, you know, uh, kind of a family affair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's son, uh, is directing it. And he was like, my dad showed me the ropes. He's the producer. And we're going to come back and get the get the tone, get the proper sequel element on. Mm-hmm. So, um I have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of mixed. There's probably a lot of mixed uh, with this. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's how I'm feeling about it. Anyway, so let me real quick uh, set the table for this. Um, Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife stars Finn Wolfhard, McKenna Grace, Paul Rudd, Carrie Coon. Plot description, when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their con- their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. This movie's in theaters right now. Uh, you can see it all over the place. Um, Sean, I feel like I've been talking for a while. Yeah. Um, you. I mean, so, this is like your franchise. So I'm like, you know, I really like the first one. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of lukewarm on the second one and haven't seen the third one. So... I was just kind of letting you go. Uh, yeah. Well, so I mean, uh, you know, let's let's you know let's get a little, little dialogue yeah. back and forth on on this part. But you know, I can start us off really quick. You know, um, I picked this movie because obviously it's a legacy sequel to my all time favorite movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, my initial thoughts were pretty mixed. You know, mm-hmm. I uh, I enjoyed myself. You know, okay. I enjoyed the movie overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually loved the first half of it mm-hmm. like i the movie starts um with uh i don't know if this is a spoiler i guess kind of is but um yeah it, it's it takes place in like the midwest mm-hmm. on this old farm in this quiet town and uh, i think a lot of the first half of the movie is pretty slow you know mm-hmm. it's a lot of uh kind of slowly putting pieces together you know mm-hmm. the main character is played by mckenna grace her name is uh What's her name? Uh, is it Leslie? No, it's Phoebe. It's Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoebe uh, is like a nerdy kid, and um, she just like wants to, I don't know, get through and learn some science. Like, she's really into science. Her older brother mm-hmm. is played by Finn Wolfhard, who's uh, in Stranger Things, I think. Yep. And it. And uh, yeah, it. Uh, Carrie Coon is their mom, and Paul Rudd is their teacher. So um, you know, I liked. I liked a lot of the setup, you know, mm-hmm. and I liked how much time it took. Um, basically, the concept, you know, it's I th- it's a spoiler, but it's not a big spoiler. I think it's generally been put together at this point that, like, Egon is the guy who, in the farm, mm-hmm. you know, Egon, uh, there, he's, he's Carrie Coon's mom, uh, Carrie Coon's dad, and uh, McKenna Grace's mm-hmm. uh, grandfather, he set up this uh, farm at some point and he's doing something in the dirt. Everyone calls him dirt farmer because uh, he's doing something in the dirt, but yep. he, he kind of keeps to himself. He doesn't produce any crops. He just, he's, he's working on the farm constantly and doing something, but none of, no one in the ta- town knows what he's doing, uh, but yeah. he doesn't produce any crops. So there, he's not really a farmer. So they call him the dirt farmer. Yeah. 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 So um, I actually liked a lot of the the setup, though, because it was doing its own thing. It gave uh, McKenna Grace time to uh, become her character. I thought she was excellent in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that she really, like, carried um, a lot, like, just a lot of plot. Um, mm-hmm. She kept telling these really bad science jokes uh-huh. that were hilarious. Yeah. Um, she just... Uh, you know, then they, they like find a they find a trap, like a ghost trap, and Paul Rudd's like, Oh wow, like it's in the trailer. He's like, Oh wow, nice replica, but it's it's really a ghost trap. Mm-hmm. And uh 
you know, which leads to them like opening it. And that was another thing. I loved how Paul, how into science Paul Rudd was and uh-huh. how he, I think he says something about how science is punk rock. Uh-huh. And yeah. That definitely. was pretty cool before <laughs> they like, before they jumpstart the trap and make it uh-huh. open. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I liked a lot of the setup and, um, a lot of the groundwork that was played. Uh, she makes a friend, uh, this kid who calls himself podcast, mm-hmm. who's just making a podcast constantly, uh, which, you know, I like, I think that's a pretty good joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely think that works pretty well throughout the movie. He's just like, yeah. he's just kind of always there with his little, little bag, tote bag and microphone and everything. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but the movie is like handcuffed to being a tribute to the first movie. And, um, I thought some of the references worked. Some of them kind of like fit into the story nicely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, some of them were hit and miss, like some of them were okay. Mm-hmm. And I thought some of them were very terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like a lot of the uh, references to the first movie uh, picked up. Um, it almost like picked up steam until like we got to the climax, which was like, which felt very much just like, like cut and paste from uh-huh. the uh, original uh, movie. Yeah. Um, which we can talk about more in spoilers. I'd love to talk yeah. about the climax more in spoilers, but. You know, I kind of want to get your take on uh, some of these, um, you know, uh, references because yeah. it was it was anywhere from like the exact same score was used throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Um, yeah. What well, do you think about some of these things? Well, so I mean, I guess I'll say first of all, I actually i I do kind of agree. I I actually really enjoyed the movie. Maybe I even it seems like I liked the movie maybe even a little bit more than you for for the first half of it. Um, I, what do you mean, I keep I keep just saying that I love the first half. I've said that like five times. Oh, I thought yeah, I, yeah all right. <laughs> um, I'm just like I'm kind of like excited about to talk about the first half. Um, Me too. I, yeah. I thought the first half yeah. was like really yeah. great. I thought it really, was like, like really legitimately strong. I thought like the characters and the setup was really great. I thought the building of that mystery with the with the grandfather and what he was doing at the how at the at the farm and everything was really great. Um, I was like super into it. I loved Paul Rudd's character. Um, and I, and like you said, podcast, um, I, I really liked the, the two kids and how they, they went off and paired up with, with another, with their, um, kind of friends, like the, there was podcast and then the, uh, um, the, uh, Trevor Finn, Finn Wolfhard's character paired up with uh, a girl named Lucky, um, just a, a local, uh, you know, she's flipping burgers at the, at the local burger, burger joint. Um, and like, I really liked their chemistry. I, I really liked that kind of little, um, crush that, um, that they kind of set up in that, that little story. Um, I, yeah, I really love like Paul Rudd, uh, as the, the, uh, summer school teacher who's, you know, coming in during summer vacation and trying to teach a bunch of kids who like, he clearly doesn't really care much about. So he's just showing them like 1980s horror films. Um, he finds like Cujo on VHS. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's like, what did he say? It's like, doing... it's like Beethoven, but if Beethoven was mauling a bunch of children. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I love this character too, because like, like, I feel like I know that teacher, you uh-huh. know, who's like phoning it in with the yeah. kids. Uh-huh. But then also he cares passionately about science or yeah. whatever his subject is. Uh-huh. You know, he's like, well, the kids don't care about my seismograph activity. Uh-huh. So I'm going to show them Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, well, he's not in the room actually doing work. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's a funny funny character trait yeah um and like i i even really liked all the kind of slow subtle reveals of the of the ghostbusters kind of iconography the 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 little hint of the car as uh what was it as he's like you know he pulls the the thing off the car and then the light goes out really quick yeah like the the little subtle things were really good 
I love those ghost things trap. worked for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. like I loved like like the those sort of references how they revealed those mm -hmm. were perfect. Like that's yeah. how you should do a legacy suite sequel where like we all want to see the car. We want uh -huh. to see the trap. They're yeah. they're going to be in the movie. So, you know, reveal them in a natural way. That's yeah. that's slow and works. Uh-huh. Definitely. Um, and you know, uh I I also have some problems with it overall um i think maybe the pacing's a little off and i think um I, I think the way that the story reveals itself and unfolds is a little maybe awkward or slow i can't i can't quite put my finger on it but um i did have some other problems with it but um i will say like there is that the there is one specific scene that really almost completely lost me in the movie and, uh, you know, it's the, the Walmart scene, um, which I think is probably what you're talking about when they are, um, you know, trying to play the nostalgia card way too, and they go, they take it way too far. Um, and it really, really does not work. Um, I'm, I won't get into exactly what they do, but it's like that scene, like I was, I was, utterly shocked by that scene and um it felt so out of place and i i was very confused by it and... yeah i had seen most of that scene already in like a trailer or something oh, okay yeah and I, 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 I guess i missed I, most most trailers and stuff so i actually kind of i actually kind of liked a little like i i kind of liked the uh the cute little uh oh, marshmallows no. i thought they were pretty funny and i still i still do think they're pretty funny but um but uh i i uh i could see why someone wouldn't like you know that well like, i think i thought that's exactly what you're talking about where you know bringing back something like from the that. original uh that doesn't work and i think that because like the the worst part about it is not only do, is it like so over the top and overt of a of a callback to the first one but it like it actually doesn't make any sense at all i agree totally the, agree like it, like the only reason the state of marshmallow man showed up yeah. in the first movie was because ray thought about it yeah has actually nothing to do with zool or gozer or yeah. anything ghost related just like for some and reason so, it was stuck in his head and it popped in there at the wrong time and, right so uh, why why were these little marshmallows showing up yeah. why were these little state of marshmallow men showing up um yeah. you know at all like it just it just doesn't make sense you know yeah. it, it would be like slimer showing up which like mm -hmm. i'm you know spoiler slimer doesn't show up which mm -hmm. i think is good yeah um they had this other guy muncher uh -huh. who kind of uh, looked like slimer but was very yeah. much like slimer but mm -hmm. uh I, I liked muncher like the yeah. you know um and so yeah i mean I, when i say i liked the mace Mar marshmallow man i just thought that that was like I thought they were cute and I thought it was like mm -hmm. a funny. Yeah. Funny I mean, I thing. get why they put it in there. It's a, they're, they're cute. And, and like, yeah, I guess, um, there's a bunch of examples of like that and, and worse though, as well. Like, really? and I, I, I think that, that Walmart scene though, to me was like, I don't want to say that scene ruined the movie for me necessarily, but like that was kind of the breaking point. Like I think mm -hmm. at that point, um, the references became like, hmm completely intertwined with everything that was happening and um that's when the movie kind of like derailed a little bit so maybe me. we should get into it in spoilers but i'm actually a little i i don't uh i'm a little confused because i actually didn't i wasn't um i didn't think anything was too over the top until that point in the movie so i'm curious to hear what your what uh you didn't like beforehand um well i, I mean i can tell you a few out. things but that, that aren't spoiler related really mm -hmm. quick like you know um like i mentioned the soundtrack before it was mm -hmm. literally the exact same soundtrack which like okay. is kind of weird you know like i feel like usually there's like a variation of it i mean i know they varied it they changed mm -hmm. it a little bit but it was it was pretty pretty closely identical yeah. and like it kind of took me out of the movie a little bit there were there was a lot of dialogue that was recycled and really? not in a like um that. not in a like recycled sort you know not in a like it was purposeful like it was uh -huh. purposely recycled as like a wink to the audience but it was used in contact like in totally different context yeah. i guess and, the who who are you gonna call line yeah who was, are you gonna call yeah. that like that was a big one where like it like panned up and it was like just a cop saying yeah who are you gonna call yeah and it was just like <laughs> 
All right. There was <laughs> another one where uh, they were going to get Muncher. They were mm-hmm. trying to get Muncher, and uh, the uh, well, what do we do now? Getter. That was like, and that's from oh. the first movie. Like the Getter. Rawr! That's like and th- there was and. Th- there's a bunch of other examples. Mm-hmm. I, I, those are the only two I could think of off the top of my head. But um, I guess I have to admit just, it's been it's probably been too long since I've seen the original. So well, there and were I've seen, I've seen the original more than any other movie uh, I've ever seen. You know, so it's yeah, kind of that thing so. where if a line is said, it's like, oh, I've heard that before. That brings me back. Mm-hmm. And I know some people probably like that, but mm-hmm. um, the dialogue is what drove me crazy. Okay. Yeah, I actually, aside from who you're gonna call. I don't think I really noticed anything. I did notice the get, what did you say? Get her, get, get, get her. her. Uh, I noticed that that was kind of delivered weirdly and it kind of didn't make any, I didn't understand why they said that like that. So uh, I guess that kind of stood out to me, but I didn't actually remember that that was from the original. So yeah, I wish well, I could I guess pull more examples if I had seen it. Yeah, no, if I'm, I'd I'm seen sure. it before. You yeah. know, there, I just think there was a bunch of examples mm-hmm. that were similar to that and yeah. uh, that were like subtle, you know, if you weren't like a diehard, but, you know, I'm a diehard and it took me out of the movie a little bit just because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's a, it, to me, it's like those unnecessary sort of references. You know, mm-hmm. we're already watching a legacy sequel that's going to have the car in it. It's going to have, um, you know, the traps. It's going to have all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, this was another thing I was going to bring up was that I really loved how everything looked you know Mm -hmm. i was complaining earlier about how the color and the cgi didn't i just wasn't a fan of the cartoony look in uh answer the call Uh but i i really liked the gritty um sort of realistic style that uh Mm -hmm. that the car and the proton pack and the traps like they had yeah and i also really liked the like additions that they made like the car had the gunner seat mm-hmm. and i thought that was like really cool yeah um the you know rc are... car um rc car trap trap you know that yeah, was really cool too ones. and it just feels like you know when you have all this stuff to work with already why overexpose it mm-hmm. and that's kind of how it felt yeah i felt like they had i would definitely agree with that especially with some of the things that happened later on in the movie um and that walmart scene but actually one thing i did want to talk about is there was a lot of um talk around this movie especially from jason reitman um about how this was like getting back to to the roots of the franchise and and uh you know this one's for the fans and it's it's uh you know, this is the true Ghostbusters sequel. And I've got to say, I don't know that this movie shares a ton of DNA with like the original. Like the original is is like a New York, um, you know, SNL uh, movie where with these, you know, great comedic SNL actors um, kind of palling around and joking around and and uh you know, it's very sarcastic. Yeah, sarcastic, yeah. and um, they, you know, they're they're just kind of um, they're just kind of trying to make a living at, with this like crazy ghost technology stuff that they invented, and um, they yeah they end up like getting into finding themselves where they need to save the world from this supernatural being, um, but it was really it was kind of like that new a New York SNL. Yeah, I mean, I would agree this completely. One... Like the the first one is hundred one thousand percent a New York City movie. Like yeah. the, the I think the last line of true dialogue in the movie is "I love this town." Uh-huh. You know, it's such yeah. a New York movie. Uh-huh. And and yeah, the the new one, Afterlife, it's not a comedy. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, sure, there's some giggles in it, but it's mostly it's it's not a comedy yeah it's more of like a a family adventure movie kind of more in the vein of like steven spielberg or like uh jj abrams or something like et or um like a super eight type feel to it um which i really liked uh and i i like that they kind of went in a different direction with this movie um so i don't i I don't know there's I, i don't I don't know exactly the point that I'm trying to make with that, but I, I did want to just kind of point out that if you wanted to s- s- like say that there was a movie that was more in tune with like what the original was doing, I would say that 
um, you know, 2016 um, Ghostbusters was much closer to, you know, maybe what the original was was doing. Um, would you agree with that? I actually have much haven't... closer. Yeah, I don't think that's fair to say because yeah, the first 2016 was a comedy at least, mm -hmm. but and it took place in New York City. But um, I think tonally it was very different, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I don't but know. it was kind uh, of about these four characters palling around and like weren't they? I, I mean, I don't, I didn't see the movie, but it, it probably even like the plot probably was much more similar, right? Like just a, a group of four people like i don't know. yeah but it's just like this oh, this, yeah. this movie feels like it's a very different direction for the franchise it feels like i um, i agree and here's the thing like i i i think what uh ivan and jason or whoever was saying that was saying mm -hmm. number one i kind of feel like it was just like a marketing thing right mm -hmm. like, yeah to i totally try agree to get past the controversy like... Um, but number uh, two, I think, I think more or less he was talking about the, the look, you know, the, the proton packs, the, mm -hmm. uh, the jumpsuits, the, mm -hmm. um, traps, like everything being the original ones. Okay. Um, which like I said earlier, the 2016 one could have, could have used all of that stuff. They just chose not to mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, but then I, I also think what he might've meant, um, by, saying that it's closer for the fans or whatever that means um to me i at the end of the day i felt like this movie was a big tribute to harold ramus mm -hmm. which yeah, we can talk true. about more in spoilers but mm -hmm. i think that that was like the heart that they were going for was these are the originals the original mm -hmm. everything the mm -hmm. original concept the original team the originals and mm -hmm. we are paying tribute to our original guy who's not here anymore yeah that was that was the uh kind of vibe and I don't know that's kind of what I was thinking mm -hmm. um when yeah. you know with that mm -hmm. yeah nice well I could jump into uh, spoilers uh, all right let's like jump into spoilers yeah. let's do it um so after this point we're gonna be talking about spoilers 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 okay so Sean mm-hmm um, yeah, I mean, I basically thought the after the Walmart scene, it became like beat by beat, like the 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 first movie. Like it was like like um, you know the the demon dogs came out, Zool and Vince Clortho. They possessed Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon, um, which was weird. Why it was Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon? Like why mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing that you were saying earlier about um why stay puffed you know why like at least in uh the first movie sigourney weaver and um um rick ranis they uh lived in the building mm -hmm. you know um yeah I, I, I small I town <laughs> maybe i, guess, I don't know sure you but know like, but yeah there's a lot of other it, people at that walmart you know <laughs> sure yeah that's kind of what i mean i don't yeah. know it just and then um you know the uh i i liked the plot of the movie you know i liked how like i think all of this made i think all of it made sense for um you know egon's character to be like um gozer is going to come back and uh i figured out that there's like this other place in the midwest where uh it might come back so um i'm gonna move out there and try to stop it like that to me totally works what doesn't totally work is when they actually go into the mine and it literally looks exactly the same as the top of the building in the first mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. And then the dogs sit exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. And then Gozer comes out and it looks like Gozer from the first movie, mm -hmm. which also like, I don't know if you remember, but in the first movie, uh, um, Vince Clortho, um, when he had taken over Rick Moranis' character was going on about how, Gozer can come in different forms and mm -hmm. how in a different era he came out as a giant slore, mm -hmm. which is a huge worm slug like creature that like engulfs people in flames. And um you know, it it just like they went down there and there's a huge statue of Gozer that looks like 
I don't know. It looks like looks exactly how Gozer, yeah. you know, and it it wasn't just the fact that it was like, um, all that it was that these things were happening. It was also just that it looked exactly the same, mm-hmm. and yeah. it felt like there was a lot of that in the back end of the movie into uh, the climax. Yeah, I I definitely felt that this movie was a little bit hampered by. So I shouldn't have done that. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. I s- you back? Did I lose I'm you? Here. I, I hear you, right. but I don't see you. All right, good. That's what I was trying to do. I think I actually just accidentally disconnected from the phone call. But yeah, video oh. video was a little, uh, was getting a little twitchy because Kelly just started on the phone. So um, cool. yeah, so uh, we're all good. Uh, going to keep going. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think this movie was a little bit hampered by the choice to just kind of redo the original uh, story, like, you know, from the first movie. I think it would have been um, a lot more interesting and would have freed up the movie in a lot of ways if they had just decided to do a different, like, there's a different, um, you know, a different monster, a different ghost, god thing yeah. that they have Why to fight there just a different demigod that was going yeah. to come out in yeah. 2020 or whatever yeah. um wait was that i didn't have to be gozer yeah you know I, exactly and, and i think it would have made it a, a heck of a lot more interesting and more like surprising because you know at some point you you i guess you pretty quickly understand that you are that it is gozer and that um that you you kind of already know where everything's going yeah and um and you you i don't know like you're just at, at some point you're just not surprised by the story as it progresses uh once they start you know possessing the the bodies and doing their thing it's just like um yeah, I think that you was just, a pretty you, you can tell decision. that you could tell exactly where it's going. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. Like you know yeah. exactly where it's going and you know it's going to be a big showdown mm-hmm. whatever and they're going to stop it whatever. And I also would say that you you can feel that the original Ghostbusters are going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would also yeah. say that when they actually do come back, it's uh it's shot in a really weird way like i feel like they kind of come out of the shadows uh-huh and uh it's kind of hard to tell that's them at first i mean you can you know it's them but yeah I, I just thought that that moment was kind of like undercut by the way it was shot yeah i don't i don't i mean i hate to like make assumptions about things but it did kind of feel like almost like all right we got these three guys for this one day and we're going to get them in here and we're going to shoot all their stuff, all their coverage. And uh, and then we're going to let them go because we maybe they couldn't afford to do more. Or maybe they you yeah, know, Bill Murray only wanted to do one day or something. Yeah, or, or yeah, maybe scheduling it just was was, you know, a, yeah, a problem hear, to yeah. get them all there or something. But it, sure. I totally agree. It did look it looked strange. It didn't really the look of it didn't fit in to the rest of the movie and even like the rest of the stuff that they were cutting in and out of around their shots. Um, and yeah, I, that, that was another thing. Like I, I didn't absolutely hate it um, when they came in, but I, um, it definitely felt, uh, you know, shoehorned and unnecessary. And um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, I first of all, when uh, when Phoebe initially calls Ray, mm-hmm. I actually thought that was pretty cool. I yeah, you know I agree. when uh, I thought could have it wasn't perfect. Um, I thought it was weird that she didn't tell him initially that she was e. Told them that or a bunch of information like that was you know it just was written in a way that was like. Why is Ray just like saying these things to a stranger over the phone right now? Uh-huh. But, yeah. Uh but the things that he was saying I actually thought were pretty cool. Like the mm-hmm. background that they gave on the Ghostbusters, the reasoning for what happening happened to them over the years and the falling out. I thought all of that was really great. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I love that he still had his his occult bookstore mm-hmm. and um 
yeah so like i said when when they showed up at the end you know obviously as a huge fan i was like happy to see them but uh very quickly you know like i said i didn't really love how they were introduced i didn't love how they walked up and um i i didn't think it was earned you know, mm-hmm. I didn't think that uh, they were looking they were looking and going for like an emotional payoff. And I didn't think it was earned. You know, I've seen a lot of people compare this movie to The Force Awakens because, uh, you know, recycled plot points and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, leaning on uh, character, uh, you know, nostalgic characters and stuff, mm-hmm. legendary characters. But um, I think the big difference between this and The Force Awakens is that the 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 emotions that happen at the end of Force Awakens, you know, with with Han dying. I think uh, I think that was totally earned and it, it worked for me. Whereas yeah. this, it was like, oh, okay, they showed up. Interesting, yeah. you know. Um, cool. And uh, I also like that. Also had like you know, it was again repeating stuff from the other movie, like Gozer mm-hmm. the Gazarian, like all like that whole joke that Ray had, and then Are you a god? Yes, you know. Yeah. It just uh, it was a little much. It was a little mm-hmm. much. Um, so yeah, I wasn't super into it. Um, and then the ghost of Egon shows up and helps them out cross the streams. That was mm-hmm. the other weird thing is that they like cross the streams. So like casually in mm-hmm. the first one, they were like, we're going to cross streams and might kill us. Uh-huh. And I got the sense that like, that was like, you know, they were lucky it didn't kill them. Mm-hmm. And then this time they were just like, let's cross them again, you know, and yeah. uncross them. And it was like. You know, I just don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I didn't think that. Uh, I didn't think. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't cry. For example, mm-hmm. like you know, I've heard other people crying seeing the, them together, and mm-hmm. you know, the Egon farewell was nice, but mm-hmm. I'm also not like super into like CGI, like yeah. hologram type stuff. Yeah. So um, I don't and know if I really needed that. That one didn't look particularly good either. Yeah, I mean, uh, not that like any of them. Ghost. Yeah, yeah, not that any of them really look all that good, but that one I felt like wasn't as even as good as some other ones that we've seen. Yeah. Um. So you know, I wasn't super into it. Um. I I did I did love um the post post credit scene. Mm-hmm. Did you did you stay through the credits? I caught the Sigourney Weaver scene. Was there another one? There's another one, and that one actually hit me emotionally. Okay. So I don't know if we want to talk about that right now or come back to it, but I would would love to tell you about it. Yeah, um, I'll I'll hear it. I don't really – I don't mind, you know. So uh, after all the credits end, it Mm -hmm. cuts back to um, what seemed seemed to be a deleted scene from the first movie, and it Mm -hmm. was uh, Annie Potts as Janine – and uh, Harold Ramis as Egon before he went up into the building at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was giving him a coin and she was going this, take this coin. It's my lucky coin. And he's going, uh, I don't know. Uh, I might not come back. You know, you might not want to give this to me because I might not come back. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I have, I have another one at home. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was a nice moment. You know, it was the lead scene. Like it was yeah. clearly them when they were, you know, 1984 mm-hmm. and that was nice seeing that. But then it cut, to again uh janine sitting there with the coin and she's mm-hmm. in some sort of office and then winston came in and you know this is ernie hudson he's you know and they had already established earlier that ernie hudson uh winston had made a fortune he mm-hmm. had like uh turned his ghostbusters money into um some sort of like wall street capital yeah. or something yeah and um and so then they had a little sit down meeting about how um how he would just start, he gave this like speech about how grateful he was to be a ghostbuster and how, when he first started, he was just trying to make some money and he was, he was able to turn that into this big career um, outside of being a ghostbuster, but he was able to use that as a stepping stone to take care of his family and turn his life into something worthwhile. And, you know, he kind of said something like he'll always be a ghostbuster at at his heart. And then, and then there was footage of him going back to the firehouse and pulling the Ecto one car into the firehouse lot. Mm. And, um, to me that, that was emotional mm-hmm. and that was earned, hmm. you know, like that had to me that had set up, um, you know, they had already talked about how Winston, you know, they made, he made some money and, you know, that to me was like, 
the right kind of nostalgia where it's yeah. talking about um you know your personal history and how you move on from your personal history but that's still part of you mm -hmm. and to me that sentiment can be a very powerful emotion yeah and um you know i loved seeing that and honestly it made it made me feel like there there could be a sequel to this movie that could be really interesting you know mm -hmm. they could you know now that they have this movie out of their system with all the nostalgia, with all the references, with Gozer and Zool and stuff, it feels like if they wanted to, they could now make a sequel that could be anything. Yeah. You know, this could be uh, you know, the last Jedi of uh -huh. uh, Ghostbusters movies, yeah. <laughs> you know, which I would love. But, uh -huh. you know, uh, you know, what I mean, like last yeah. Jedi was like weird. It was off the rails. It was doing something totally different. And mm -hmm. like, um, that's kind of what I mean is that just, you know, seeing them go back to the firehouse, it was like, I wonder if they're thinking about making a, you know, a sequel where it's yeah. in the city and it is like a new crew sort mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. I wonder what that so would look tied like. To. Um, there's a lot of directions you could go with that, uh, in kind of this new, new age, but yeah, I mean, it seems like the movie's doing pretty well. Um, so yeah, yeah especially maybe. for COVID times made like, mm -hmm. you know, 45 million over the weekend or something. Yeah. So I think um, it had a, its budget was like, I think it was like 75 million. So it was a significantly lower budget than even the 2016 movie. Yeah. I mean, just, there was a lot less CGI, you mm -hmm. know, there was a lot less, um, yeah. you know, high cost and stuff. Yeah. But so, yeah, you know, um, I just, I really love that. So I, I don't know. So I just want to tell you about that because that to me was, you know, that was the right kind of nostalgia that like, you know, seeing the guys, um, you know, like, like I said, Ray's my favorite Ghostbuster. So seeing mm -hmm. him on the phone talking about what happened, that was emotional to me. Seeing them come back and recreate stuff, that was more like, okay, this kind of feels like mm -hmm. that scene in Ghostbusters 2 when they're doing birthday parties. Yeah. You know? Uh -huh, and then, definitely. and then seeing, but then seeing Winston as a successful financial businessman uh -huh. um and uh but still keeping the firehouse open you know like uh-huh i was like that's that's emotional like that's yeah. that's cool so definitely yeah um i do agree i i don't think that final scene um particularly earned it and i <clears throat> i wish i wish there had been because i i do think they did a pretty good job of like the the mother character um, and establishing her relationship with, with her father. Um, and then kind of, um, throughout the movie, giving him kind of a reason for what he did and, um, and even kind of knowing his character from the originals. Um, and, and then at the end, I, I almost wish that big, that big moment where he kind of leaves and, and floats off, I guess. Um, had more to do with that family than with the Ghostbusters, um, if that makes it. I guess like it for a fan, I can see where it would be more meaningful for the Ghostbusters. But I do, I think for this movie, they it, it felt a little bit hollow to just bring back the three other Ghostbusters in the final scene and. Um, and expect that to be like an emotional payoff at the end of the film. Um, yeah. So see, I don't think they did a very good job with Carrie Coon, like at all, honestly, that's how I felt about it. Yeah. And that like, like, I mean, I hear what you're saying and I think, uh, that would have been better. Uh -huh. Um, I think the whole, I think a lot of, you know, I just think like Carrie Coon barely knew her dad, you know, mm -hmm. like Egon, like she barely knew who he was. And, you know, they didn't they didn't even mention like who her mom was either. And uh, maybe she's nobody or whatever. But it just. Uh, yeah, that's true. That whole it just I don't know. I felt like Carrie Coon didn't really have a lot to do in the movie. She mm -hmm. just was like, I don't like science because I didn't know my dad. Uh -huh. And then and then there's like <laughs> yeah. supposed to be like an emotional payoff at the end. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, don't, I just did the yeah. Carrie Coon didn't well, really work for me. And that's I, true. I was I, disappointed. I. I yeah, I guess I, I think that if they had made it more about that, the family, it could have been a more fulfilling emotional payoff because I do think they they set up pretty well the 
I don't know, just her relationship with her father and like, yeah. And like that, there's that scene where she says something along the lines of, um, well, he, he, he was either crazy or he was an asshole. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, yeah. And, and he wasn't crazy or whatever yeah, I think yeah. Phoebe says. And that's the thing is like, I felt like Phoebe was the one who got it. Like mm-hmm. Phoebe was the one who was like, he, he was doing something important actually. And uh-huh. she was the one who understood her grandfather better than anyone. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Also and, she never met him either. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I don't know exactly how you um, balance that um, with what they set up. Um, but it just, I guess, what you ended up with was a, was kind of hollow and um, not very emotionally impactful. And yeah. I don't know how I mean, to do it correctly or where it is more emotionally impactful, but you know. Yeah. And like, I think that like they could have, I don't know. It's like this weird thing where like, as a filmmaker, like as like Ivan Reitman and, you know, Dan Aykroyd, like, doing this big moment for uh, Egon is basically doing a big moment for uh, Harold Ramis. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that, that was probably really nice for them, you know, to yeah. be able to give him such a um, obvious tribute and send off, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, in terms yeah. of it being in the movie, it just was like, okay, this is like, yeah. it just kind of felt like, I don't know, going through the motions yeah. a little bit. I guess like as an example, um, to compare it to like Fast and the Furious with Paul Walker, where that was so and you know, they're two completely different movies. And I don't know exactly how you do this in, in the Ghostbusters, but how that was so seamlessly intertwined, that farewell was so seamlessly intertwined with the story and and his character arc um, that it worked really well on pretty much every level that they were going for, uh, you know thematically with his character with the story and as a send-off for paul walker uh yeah it you know it just nailed it whereas this movie it hit maybe on one of those those things well so for me i think i think the whole thing would have been probably better if they just hadn't used the whole ghost like hologram Mm -hmm. like look of it you know like if it was just kind of like i think egon was here helping us yeah I think that might have been more emotional for me, you know, if the the hint of him being there Mm -hmm. could have been more. And also it's kind of a weird thing because Ghostbusters never like really deals with the afterlife or Uh like why ghosts are ghosts or like, you know, if trapping is like a inhumane thing to do or like if there is a heaven or hell, like Ghostbusters doesn't really deal with that kind of stuff. Do they even really talk about ghosts are humans, like are dead humans yeah, Who they are, do. Haven't sometimes. passed off. Sometimes they do. Or yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes they aren't. I think, but sometimes yeah. they are. You know, it's. I think ghosts typically are. They, I think they're aware that they're humans. But then you know, like yeah. Gozer and other stuff are like demigods, and mm-hmm. you could read about those ones in you know uh, the Tobin Spear Guide and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, you know, like in Ghostbusters too, like the Scalari brothers come out at the courtyard. You know, it's like mm-hmm. those are people who, you know, were tried for murder and. Oh yeah. Um, but. Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's like kind of a weird thing to have him like zip off into the afterlife or something when mm-hmm. like you guys have never really dealt with this before. And it seems like you're opening up a big can of worms there, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, maybe you should try to help ghosts get into the afterlife <laughs> instead yeah. of trapping them into a, you know, yeah, <laughs> storage sure. unit or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, maybe maybe that maybe we're reading into it too much, but. Mm-hmm anyway i don't know we've been talking about ghostbusters for a while Uh i don't know um should we wrap it up what do you think um yeah let's wrap it up all right Uh, cool well um i ended up giving this three and a half stars yeah Um, i think that's about where i'm at i I don't remember if i actually rated it yet but that's that's about where i'm at yeah and i mean who knows it might go up over time Mm -hmm. might go down i don't know i'll probably see it again but uh Mm -hmm. you know i just i think that uh i think there's a lot to like about it yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like we even kind of skipped over a lot of stuff, like the car chase scene and the, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of fun stuff throughout that that really got me excited. Yeah, <laughs> got me going. One of Jason Reitman's best movies, I think. Mm. Um, anyway, so cool. um, yeah, uh, 
please rate, review, and subscribe if you're listening to this and you haven't yet. You know, we do this every week. Um, I don't know what movie we're doing next week. Uh, maybe House of Gucci. Yeah, I don't um, know. I, I forgot to look at what's coming up. And, yeah. I know yeah. House of Gucci comes out this week, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. excited about that. But there's yeah. some few. There's a few other options. You know, this is... This is, you know, a pretty exciting time right now. I look at the movie list, and it seems like there's there's a lot of movies there's that are still uh, a lot of fun stuff coming out. Yeah, so uh, you know, keep watching the movies, keep listening to the podcast, and you know, uh, enjoy yourself and have a nice day. All right, Sean. Yep. All right. Bye. Well, peace out. See ya.